0: This morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about breaking the cycle of debt. And welcome to this. And then I just want to, many times we find in our lives, we're going round and round in circles. Kind of like the song, you know, going in circles, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and we just keep going around in circles and we just don't know, you know, like, what the heck? How many of you know money does talk? Most of the time it says, goodbye. And uh, we want to try to get a handle on that. But let me just say this before I even start on this. The, the incredible thing, and I want you to understand, is we know that the gospel is all about it. it's good news. It's good news for every one of us when we're going in the wrong direction. And Jesus came into this world to save us from ourselves mostly. Come on. How many of you had a lot of junk in the trunk? Okay. And, and God, and how many of you know that God's still doing a work in all of us? He's not done, and thank God for that—for His love, His consistency, His grace, and His mercy on our lives. But I believe this: I believe I believe that when you become a Christian and you give your life to Jesus and you trust Him wholeheartedly, you're going to heaven. And how I many you know we're only here for a short moment, but most of our time is going to be with Him in His presence. And I believe this: that God doesn't want us to live under a rock while we're here on earth either. And I believe that God wants us to learn principles that we can, we can live in an abundant life. What I mean, when I mean abundant life, I'm not talking, I'm talking about a life where we can just go, you know what, I have the ability to bless other people. Amen? It's not just about me, it's about blessing other people. So what I want to do, how many of you know that our thoughts lead to habits? Yeah. And our habits lead to cycles in our lives. When we have a a habit in our life, it's a cycle that we walk through, and it's kind of like a circle. And our circles lead to a lifestyle, and our lifestyle leads to our destiny, what we become and what we will be. And so (coughs) I've never heard, this is one thing, when I hear about money, I've never heard people, anybody in my entire life say things like this. You know, ever since I've been in debt, my marriage has been so much better. You know, the massive high rate of my credit card improved my love life. I've never heard that. I've never heard every night I go to bed. Thank you, God, for my debt. Praise you, Jesus. Come on. I thought you'd get excited about some of these things. But you and I are people that have, let me say, well, some of the things we may have said. These are some things I wish I could give more to help people who are in need. Maybe you said that or I wish that. I didn't have to work so I could stay home with the kids. Or maybe one like, I wish I could go on vacation. So let's be honest. There's, there's, there's really a diff- this is a really difficult subject to talk about because we've all made mistakes. How many of you have ever made mistakes when it comes to finances? Come on. You know that Jesus talked about finances more than he talked about prayer? Because you know what? He wants us as people to have to learn principles that we can apply. What I want to do is I want to talk to you about practical things we can do as people, as individuals. And then we and then the, and end it. I'm going to put a bow on on the box. And it's going, we're going to talk about the supernatural. If you do the natural, how God puts a super on the natural. Amen. And so this morning, if you, you, you know, I'd rather put, you know, some of us, when we talk about it, we're just so overwhelmed. We feel helpless. We feel like hopeless. We feel like the ostrich wants to put his head in the sand and go, I don't even want to talk about finances. And, you know, then you look at our country and, and our government and what it's done in our national debt is $22 trillion. You know how many commas that is with zeros four. I mean, that's a lot of money. And see, Proverbs says it like this: Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is the is a servant to the lender. See, when you owe, you're actually in bondage to the one that you owe to. And see what happens: debt debt will strangle you. Debt ends up uh, limiting you. It restricts your options in life. As your pastor, I just I'm just going to beg you to plug in, stay engaged. <coughs> And have an open heart to do something about what we're going to talk about. Because see, I don't want to talk to you just on your Sunday. I want you to have something you can go live at on your Monday. Yes. 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 Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. It's biblical. It's practical. And it's something if we apply, I believe that God can help every one of us. How I many you know that sometimes you just need help? Yes. Yes. All of us need help. I believe with all my heart, God wants something better for, for his kids than us just always being in financial bondage. And so... The, the, the single most important piece of practical advice that I can give you is to realize that debt is your enemy. Debt's your enemy. And, you know, there was, there was a, speaking of debt, I remember reading something recently. And there was some guys, three psychologists, they were at a convention. And they were talking about, you know, speaking about debt. And they were talking about just kind of their lives and where they're at. And people are all, and they were going, man, people are always coming to us. They're always coming and, and, and telling us their problems. And one says, but we have no one to go and tell anybody what we go through. And since since we're all professionals, why, why don't we hear each other right now and see what we're walking through? So the first guy, the first, profe- you know, first, you know, psychiatrist comes and says, well, since since y'all are here, and the, he says, I- I'm just a compulsive shopper and I'm deeply in debt. and And, you know, I just got to confess that and... And uh, that's why I overcharge my patients, because I try to get a little more to pay off what I, what I owe. And the second one goes, well, you know, I mean, you're talking about you're an overspender. Well, I just have a serious drug problem, and it's just out of control. And the second psychiatrist looked at the first two, and he said, well, I know it's wrong, but no matter how hard I try, I just can't keep a secret. <laughs> Some of y'all get that later. But anyway. The Bible says in Romans, it says, Romans 13 says, "Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Paul's encouraging the church... In Rome, he's saying, pay your bills, be in debt to no one. In other words, why does God desire us to live debt-free? He knows debt is de- it, it's debilitating. It's, it's a negative cycle. I want you just to imagine, if you just had all the money you could, it, it, what, what would it be like if you had no financial stress? You remember, you remember, how many of you watch uh, the movie Forrest Gump? Remember when he started getting those checks and goes, that's one less thing God worry about money. Wouldn't that be great? You didn't have to worry about it. I mean, come on. Think about it. I mean, you know, what happens? Imagine if something breaks and you, and you got to fix it. You just pay for it. You don't freak out. I mean, I busted one of my tires this week. I hit a culvert, you know, bang. like, Can I just make a confession? I didn't cuss. I came close. And then, and you know, when you mess up something, you try to blame someone else. Nathan was willing to see what you did, you know, what I mean, yeah, I, you know, it was me. And what happens is, you know, it's like, then I go, you know, it's not, it's one of those kind of tires. You just can't buy. They don't keep it in stock. So when they give you the price, you go, what? Man, y'all proud of your tires. Anyway, imagine if you, if you want to buy something, what do you do? You just pay cash for it. Wouldn't it be great? No worries. Just, hey, that's all right. No interest payments. Anybody getting excited yet? Imagine if someone, you know, was in need and guess what? You just go, hey, can I help? Here you go. Wouldn't that be great? Imagine if you got a week off on vacation and your biggest problem is you're deciding where to go. It's kind of like I heard about Ben Franklin with the $100 bill and the $1 bill. The $1 bill looked at Ben Franklin, $100 bill, and goes, hey, man, where have you been? He said, man, I've been to Rome. Rio de Janeiro. I've been to Italy all over. I've been to Paris, France. I've seen the Eiffel Tower. I've been to Westminster Square in London. I've been I've been to Cancun while I was on vacation. Destin, Florida. And the, and the, one, and the $100 bill, he, goes? he looks at the $100 bill, where have you been? He goes, well, from church to church to church. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm not here to talk about that. <laughs> I just thought I'd just wake some of you up. So what's our part? Let's discuss what our part practically is, okay? Breaking the cycle of debt, the natural part. And then we're going to wrap it up with the supernatural. Number one, you've got to gain understanding. The Bible says in order to have wisdom, you need to get an understanding before you get wisdom. In other words, Hosea says, my people are destroyed for their lack of what? Knowledge. Knowing how to do something. You see, people are hurt. People are hurt financially because we don't, we, don't, we don't have a working understanding of what debt really does to our lives and what it does. In our culture, this is what we do. When we're going to buy something, we usually ask two questions. How much down? Come on. And what's the monthly note? Come on. You know not talking about. And see, what happens, we're not asking, how much is the real cost? You know, how much is it really going to cost? The average amount, listen to me, the average amount of credit card debt in America, the average amount on a credit card is $16,000. How many of you know that's a lot of money? Okay, $16,000. I want you to just simply, I want to to show you what compound interest does and how it works against you, okay? If you owe $16,000 and you pay $250 a month at 19% interest, I'm just going to throw some interest out there, Okay, it's going to take you 40 years to pay it off. Now think about it. How much interest do you think you're going to pay for $16,000 if you pay, you know how much you'll pay? $105,000 in interest. You go, am I stupid or what? And then this is how it works against you. Let's move on. So if you say you don't have that debt, but instead you actually had $16,000, Okay, And what happened, imagine if you invested that today And didn't add anything to it And you got 12% interest on return That's hard to find in many places But if you have the right investors, and the right people You can get 12% interest And what happens is that 12% interest for 40 years You know how much you would have after 40 years With 12% interest on $16,000? $1.5 million How many of you think, I could deal with that? Okay, but see what happens. Think about... but listen, let me just... Do you think your life would be different? Do you? Would your life be different if you didn't charge coffee on your credit card for $5 every time you get a coffee? Yeah. Nothing against Christy and Java Jolts. Y'all go about pay hey, cash. See, sometimes we get that card and we just go... Mm, 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 mm. Oh, get it. Put it on the card. If you took $16,000 and invested $250 a month at 12% for 40 years, you'd have a $4 million. See, the second thing you say, man, I need to get some understanding. The second thing we need to have is a plan. These are just practical things. The Bible says in Proverbs, now see, we're taking a lot of... Things out of Proverbs, because the wisest man in the world, King Solomon, wrote the book of Proverbs. And he gave us some insight and how we can begin to make decisions and choices. And he says, Proverbs 21, 5, the plans of of the diligent leads to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Someone asked me one time, what does haste mean in the Bible, Pastor? Well, the Hebrew word for haste means I felt sad, so I went shopping. You want, see, how many know you can't, you can wander into debt, but you can never wander out of debt. You need to have a plan. And that's all I want to do. I just want to give you some ideas because, see, I don't want you to just think about it's Sunday. What do I do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? What do I do when that bill comes in? How do I start? Pastor, how do I attack the lack? You see, some, you know, you can wonder, so why, why do we need a plan? This is, let me just encourage you. We're going to have Financial Peace University starting in February, Dave Ramsey's uh, ministry. And we're going to have them in February. Not him, but we're going to have the, 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 the classes. And we would encourage you to sign up. Because what they, but Dave Ramsey says, basically gives some simple things. You need to have an oh-no fund. You know what an oh-no fund is? When things break. And you go, oh, no, the dishwasher broke. Oh, I, br- I busted a tire. Oh no! And you know what I mean? Hello? How many of you know? It seems like when you break something, they all break it one time. They all make an agreement while you're sleeping at night. Hey, you break first, and then after they pay you off, we are gonna break, and then why like, we just have a double in a week? You ever feel that way? You just feel like everything's crashing. And see, not only do you need to have an oh no fund, but they say that you should have three to six months of some kind of savings for you in case if you lose your job or something so you can pay your your, your bills for three, six months. And so if you're faithful... I mean, you know, the Bible says if you're faithful with a little, guess what happens? Come on, y'all been... Come on. Y'all been watching TBN or God's channel? What happens? No, you need to read the Bible. And what the Bible says is this, is that if you're faithful in a little, God will give you more. You see... God, what we need to do is we got to get a plan. We need to get God, and this is what we need to be praying. God, give us a plan. Say this with me. Say, God, God, give give me a plan. plan. Yeah, I looked at Harry Gomes one time. He knows the Bible by heart. I'm I'm not kidding you. I'll go, and he's from India, and people from India are like super smart. I mean, they're just smart. I go, Harry... Because one night he was preaching here one time, and he was quoting scriptures like left and right. And I go, hey, that dude, he's, he's, no, he's making that up. And I started trying to follow him, and I started looking at him, and he was right. And I was like, dang. I'm like, Harry, how did you do? He said, oh, Pastor Bubba. <laughs> when I got saved, I prayed. And I prayed for three months on my knees before the Lord. And God put a blue chip in my brain. I go, well, I lost that blue chip somewhere. <laughs> you see, so the third thing is, we've got to learn this. Say no now so you can say yes later. Say it with me. Say it with me. Say say no, no. so I can say yes, say yes later. Proverbs said, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. How many of you have had things in your life where you just didn't have any self-control whatsoever? Women? Chocolate. Come on. Men? Bass boats. No, I'm just saying. There's just some things that we just go... I mean, before I became a Christian, I remember I'll never be able to break the habit of smoking. I'll never be able to break the habit of talking. I'll never be able to break the habit of... you know. I didn't... Lily, because that was my lifestyle. And when I had money, because I was working for the world's largest surveying company, I was making lots of money every week. So my middle name was Bubba Party McCann. I was friendly, I was generous, but I didn't have a plan. None of that money had a mission. I wish I had all that money. And, guys, don't you wish you had all the money that you spent on bad girlfriends and women? Well, I'll, I'll talk to y'all in a little bit. See, if you're a city without protective walls, guess what? You're massively and completely vulnerable to whatever comes. You see, you're vulnerable to the lies, vulnerable to the attacks, vulnerable, vulnerable to, the, to the worldliness. I mean, my wife and I were talking to someone the other day, and I mean it's like and you know, they profess to be a Christian. And every other word was a curse word. You know, and you know, the Lord, you know, he's good, but blank or blank, you know. And I went over there and blank or blank. And God, you know, he blessed me. And I'm like. <laughs> Here's the thing. God, when we trust God, God's always wanting to build our character. But if we do it our way, we always want our comfort. Rather than the character. God wants to put in our hearts and our lives. You see, I believe this. It's it, it just like, if you, if I, the problem with many of us is we have a two-year-old kid living inside of us. And it says this, I want, I want it. And we're like that little kid at the checkout counter in Walmart. And they got all the little lures. I want it, want, it, want it. I mean, come on. Think about it. Ladies, if you go, I'm, I'm going to pick on both of y'all. All right. Men and women. Ladies, if, if, if I can pick on you just for a moment, every time you walk by a clearance rack, God, you know, God, give me self-control. That's what you need to be praying. Amen. Because women are vulnerable to a sale. How I many you know what I'm talking about? They sell. Ooh, ooh. Then they come home and try to convince their husband how much money they really saved. Now guys, you just blow it all at once. <laughs> you buy that boat, that sea dew, She doesn't seem what you do. <laughs> and then you get all that, and you go, "Man I, man, that my old buckety truck. It can't pull that nice It'll be a bass boat, man, I need to get a. I mean, they got to match. If they don't match and you know, And then, then you know, all my buddies, they got them new Benellis and Ber- Ber- berettas. I got to get me one of them. I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> We're going to have to learn to say no for a little while so we can say yes for the rest of our lives. Amen. Am I making sense here? Yes. Maybe it's saying no to getting your nails done every week. Uh-huh. Oh, come on now, mama. Don't get me this. <laughs> See, like. See what they say. Say, well, you throw a brick in a pack of dogs, whichever one you, whichever one yelps is when you hit. Anyway, how about, you know, you don't need that $5 cup of coffee every day. Maybe it's saying no to the newest car and get the one that's more affordable. Start where you can, you got to start where you are right now. I'm not asking you going to like freak out. You know what I mean? You start. How many? you know, if you get a plan, you got to start somewhere. There's a point A where you start to get to that. The the end. And so what happens is where you're at, if you don't have the money for it, don't buy it. The fourth thing, destroy your cards and pay cash. You know what I've learned to do? Just a this a personal thing I do. When I go get cash, and one of the girls that does my check sometimes is here, I'll always get if I have like five ones or or and, and, and a 5 and a 10, I'll go give me a 20. You know why? Because the bigger it is, the less I want to spend. Are you hearing me? Because it's easy to go, oh, put it on the card. <laughs> card. <laughs> oh, this is so fun. Card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, get it, mama. Card. Unless you pay it off every month. Plastic is not my friend. Cash is my friend. Say this with me. Plastic is not my friend. See, y'all don't want to say it. What's wrong with y'all? Say, plastic is not my friend. Cash is my friend. You spend less when you can use cash. Plastic doesn't hurt like cash does. When you start having a personal relationship with Benjamin Franklin in your back pocket and you see him go, and you start, no, bye, man. It's been good to be your friend. You think twice about it. The last point I want to talk to you about is this. Give. Give. What do you mean? Don't wait till you're out of debt until you give. Engage in tithing. Give offerings. Being generous to others. Have the attitude of gratitude. As a matter of fact, giving is a critical component to breaking debt. Poverty says this. There ain't nothing. I'm not opening my hand for nothing. And that's the way you'll live. Are y'all with me? See, as a matter of fact... Giving is that critical point. See, you need to get seed into the ground so you can get a harvest. If you don't put anything in the ground, you're not gonna get anything in return. We live in farm country. Now you don't you know what? I mean, listen, you plant rice, what do you get? You plant beans, what do you get? You plant nothing, what do you get? Weeds. So you've been here long enough. Weeds. I was just suckering them up. Weeds. You know what? And that's what people deal with in their lives. They're just picking all these weeds. of their finances, whatever you sow is what you reap. See, breaking the cycle, when you do what you can do, God will do what he can do. You got to do your part before he does his part. I'm going to give you a couple examples, and I'm going to give you a biblical example of what God does in the supernatural. First of all, people ask me all the time, say, Pastor, if you smoke, can you go to heaven? I go, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think you, God will keep you from for smoking. You just may get there a lot quicker than the rest of us. I'm just, come on. And if someone's, someone's wanting to, you, want to, you know, say, hey, man, Pastor Bubba, can you pray for me? I need God to heal me. I got lung cancer. Well, there might be a couple things you can do to you do your part. Put that thing down. Yeah. Hello. Yes, sir. Thanks for all the amens in the house. Amen. And then you do your part. When I had cancer, you know, God spoke to me. God told me to watch some of the foods I was eating. Come on, I can't eat cracklings every day. I'll be hey my name Pat the Bubba. <laughs> Man, I love cracklings. You know what I mean? He <laughs> called me Pastor Boudin. I look like a Boudin-cation, you know. But God spoke to me. My part was to go, you know what? There's some things I can't do anymore to bring a little discipline. Come on. Because if I do my part, God can take care of his part. Are y'all with me? It's like there's anything in life. Look at, I'm going to give you a a biblical, a biblical, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, there's a number of miracles in the Bible. Just miraculous things you can see. And here's one on debt cancellation. I just thought that you read. I want you to go with me to first, uh, second Kings chapter four. I'm going to read verse one through seven. Then I'm going to wrap this up. Okay. It said, a certain woman. Of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Now Elisha was the protege of Elijah. Elijah, if you know anything about the Bible, he had a double anointing, and he was the servant of Elijah. And then saying, "Your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditors coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So let me just stop right there. What would happen in biblical times? If you had debt, what would happen if, and if you had children and you hadn't paid off your debt, your children would have to be go, go and be slaves until the debt was paid off that you had. Some of you go, man, I sure would love to send some of my children. <laughs> That's a whole nother message. <laughs> Pastor Josh covered cover that one. Anyway. But you know what? She was fearful. She goes, my sons are going to go and be slaves to the debtors. The debtors are coming. But look what happens. And and so Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? You ever feel that way? Someone comes to you. What do you want me to do? And he says, tell me what you, what do you have in the house? Another, what do you have? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of water. Give me that thing right there under the seat, baby. That's right, oil. Thank you. I was looking at a water bottle. So what happens is, is that then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors entering vessels and do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into these vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, mom, there's not another one left. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said to her, go and sell the oil. Pay your debt. You and your sons will live on the rest of your life. So what happened? This is what she said. All I got is one little container of oil. This is it. He said, good. Go get all the vessels you can get. And whatever you have, I want you to begin to pour it into every vessel. And every time she began to pour, that oil began to get full again. And everywhere she poured, I'm not going to pour it or slap anybody. I've done that before. Some people are going. It filled up. And the prophet looked at her. The man of God says, you know what? She comes to me and she says, Elisha, I mean, I ain't got no vessels left. I did everything you told me to do. He said, good, go sell all you have. So she went and she sold it all. And as she sold it, he said, now pay your debtors and live on the rest for the rest of your life. See, what God did is this. You do what you can with what you got. And trust me and I'll do what you can't do with what I got. Amen. Amen. And see, for everyone, well, pastor, how does that work? I know of a lady. This is the gospel truth. And I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. This is real. That I'm, I'm talking about, here's one. How many of you ever heard of TD Waterhouse? Okay. All right. Never mind. It's big investors. So TD Waterhouse is a big investor. Well, he had three sons and he had an illegitimate daughter. The rest of the family didn't know about the illegitimate daughter. But when... What happened is this daughter, she grew up in a single mother's home. She struggled all her life. She came to know the Lord at a, at a fairly young age. She'd been in debt. She'd, been, but she'd worked her way up. She got saved at this church. This church just loved her. Had a loving family church. She loved her pastor and her pastor's wife. They encouraged her, helped her, helped her find jobs. She would clean. She'd clean at hotels. She'd clean the church. She'd clean different places. Just, she'd just do whatever she could to gather And one day she's at their house and they get a knock at the door. And it's a guy that says that you need need to be at the airport on Saturday morning at at 8 o'clock in the morning. Because we're going to pick you up in a jet and we're going to fly you to New York City. And she's like, well, I'm not going by myself. Can I take my pastor and his wife with me? Sure. They get to New York City. And they go to this big building She'd never been to a big city like that Went to this big building And they open up and they begin to read the will And as they begin to read the will Everything had been split four ways evenly It was over a billion dollars Okay What would you do? And this is what happened. She said, You know what? She was humble. She couldn't believe it. What would you do? I couldn't believe it. I'd be. Is this a bad nightmare? No, please, Lord. She goes, You know what? She looked at the pastor. How much debt does the church have? Told her, It's taken care of. And she goes, you know that house y'all always wanted. I'm a builder for y'all. In fact, I'm gonna get y'all two brand new cars. And she, you know that missions thing that we were doing in our church. I want to pay for that building in our missions and send the people there. I want to support that missionary. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Lord, I'll do all I can. Please send me a rich relative. I can see it in your belly right now. Here's another practical story. A guy, he had a 30-year mortgage. And he said, God, whatever it takes, I want to pay this mortgage off. And so he started to work at it, work hard at it. And long story short, he got to the point where he didn't even know that he had an aunt that was like, he never met this aunt, didn't even know her. And she had no heirs, and she left everything to him. And he had been working at it, and he paid his house off. I mean, I could tell you story after story after story. There's one that Pastor Tim told me at our Lafayette campus when he was in Detroit. He was in Detroit for over 20 years as a pastor downtown. And if you've been to Detroit, they're tearing down houses all the time. This lady got an inheritance given to her. And uh, what she did is when they were going to tear down the house, they began to find boxes. And when they began to open the boxes and walls in the attic, there was all this cash. There's another story of this grandfather that said, honey, when I die, everything you need in your life is in this book right here. It's in this book. So when he died, she grabbed his Bible, just like she did everything else, and she sold it. And when she sold it, it sent it to a um, pawn shop and they did not check what was inside the Bible. You know, it's a Bible or whatever. And then they sold it for someone for like a dollar ninety nine. When they got the people that bought the Bible, they had a note that said, honey, remember, Paul told you everything you ever needed was in this book. And between every page was a hundred dollar bill. There's going to be a run to the, to all the re-shops and everything else on Bibles. Think about that. You know, everything you need is right here in this book. See, if you do your part in the natural, you say, well, pastor, I ain't got no relatives. I ain't got no, you got God. Let me, give you, let me tell you a real story right here. You know, let, me, let me tell you two things. Pastor Josh, when we had the flood, he called me when they were, fixing, they were pulling the sand in the bags. And he called me and said, Pastor, there's nobody here. Let's get on the phone. We started calling people and 60 men showed up. And you think about this. Think about this. Him and I were talking about the other day. God, when we help the people in the flood, God's been sending a flood of people our way. It's just a biblical principle. Pastor Josh worked his butt off during the flood. Y'all need to give it up for Pastor Josh. Pastor Josh, Pastor Pastor Jamie, Pastor Zach, they all worked. They worked hard. You ask their wives, they're like, it's about time it's over. (laughs) I look at when I was in my chemo chair. I was getting my second round of chemo. We were in the middle of building this building. All we had was the concrete and the walls. No roof. The beams were there. Here I am. And the devil's trying to lie to me. It's it. You're done. Toast. And I just sat in that chair. And I I go, God, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. But God, I know that you called me for a greater destiny than me just being in this chair. And I begin to remind God of all the promises again. And as soon as I begin to remind God all of that, I got a phone call. And the guy goes, hey, Bub, I was just thinking about you. Hey, man, listen, I know you're building that building and I want to help. I go, okay, come on. And he goes, listen, I'll give you six weeks. For every dollar you raise, I'll match it a dollar. And I went, give me seven weeks. Can I have seven weeks? I need seven weeks. He goes, I'll give you seven weeks. In seven weeks, this church raised $86,500. Okay, listen to me. We did what we could do. Come on. And God did what He can do. And you're sitting in a paid off building. Come on, say debt free building. And I got some other great stories, but that's for in a couple of weeks because we got, we just, there's some good things happening. I'm just telling you, that building's going to get built faster than we all think. Ooh. Anyway, why am I saying all that? Because you know why, guys? I believe this. Sometimes we do what God tells us to do, and it seems like it's crazy. You ever have that? God tell you to do something, you go, that's crazy. That did just, God no. God told me to walk on the property over there that I remember Mr. Sonya, Mr. Carey was a wonderful man. When I go talk to him, he's feeding his cows one day and he was spitting on the ground. And they go I go, hi. First time I ever met him, I go, hi. I, I, my name's Bubba. And he goes, That's good. I said, would you ever, like, consider selling any of this property? And I remember he looked at me, and he sat this song. That's what he said. King James Version. Hell no. That's what he said. I swear to God, that's what he told me. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or anything. Mama, Pastor Bubba. Yeah, they've heard you say worse. And guess what? You know, what God told me after he did that, he said, Bob, I want you to walk around the property and I want you to pray. Yes. And then he goes, and then I want you. But when you go pray, I want you to take your feet off your feet off. That don't make sense. <laughs> your shoes off. I'm walking around. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like, anyway, forgive me. My, my inner Cajun coming out anyway. He said, I want you to walk on the property with no shoes because I want you to feel what I'm going to give you. I just began to walk around it. And you know what? After so many years, we own his house. We own all the property. And God looked at that and go, hell no. Oh, hell yeah." Yeah. Because listen to me, if you do what God tells you to do, no matter how crazy it seems, how far fetched, God will show up and He will put the super on the natural and it'll be supernatural and you'll all go, That was God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You see, if He did it then, He can still do it today. Amen? How many of you say, Pastor Baba, I need to get a plan? You know, I remember what it was that Paul Simon getting get in the back of the bus stand. Yeah, you, know, you got no plan stand, whatever, whatever it was, you know, because when you ain't got a plan, the whole song was get in the back of the bus. Some of you need just to get a plan and some of you need to go back over these notes and go, you know what? If I just follow first, I need to get a little bit of understanding of what I need to do. Then I need to get a plan. Then I need to start saying no to some things. And then I need to start, you know what? I might need to start giving a little bit to help other people. Amen? Because I remember Tracy and I one time, we were, were like, we didn't have nothing. We couldn't even, we didn't, ha- when I said we had nothing, we were mission. We had nothing. And I remember one day, you know, she's always the giver. She's always the first one. I'm like, what? Why are you saying that? About- no, God, t- I don't know about God. But Bubba's saying no. God's going to have to speak to me. And he usually does. Because she is. She's the one. They're like, she's always like, hey, we need a give to that. We need to do this. What? I'm going to get that shot. Uh, I learned a principle this past year. The Lord told me to do something. And when I did it, God blessed me more than I thought he'd ever bless me. But you know what? It just starts. I don't know where I was, but let me just bring this to my ADD kicked in. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, we're going to play the piano. Let's get him off the stage. Look at me. I know where I want it to take. I'm not going to take my feet off. Anyway. What's that, baby? Shut up. She's over here cracking up. Stop. Because when you start that, your stomach gets stuck and you can't stop laughing. I know how you are. I love my wife. She's awesome. You know what? God loves every one of us enough that sometimes if we just do the practical if we just listen hello if we just learn to listen to the spirit of God it's not that hard guys you know if God's telling us to do something it's why delay it because we gotta have the right setting the right moment, the right atmosphere all that stuff, listen, sometimes we just need to go, okay God doing it. See, God loves us enough that he gives us this, but let me just tell you this. God also loves you enough that he may show you the practical will Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord like you should. It's your opportunity to say, God, you go, how can I give my life to the Lord about finances? Maybe, you know what? I know a guy that's a CPA got saved in a service when a guy was talking about money. Because he he told me, he said, you know why? Because money was the most important thing in my life. And I realized I need to lay it down and trust God with his plan and not mine. Guys, God loves you. And the greatest thing that any of us can do is honor him with what he's given us. How many of you say, Pastor Baba? I need to know these things for my finances. Come on, let's be honest. I, mean, I need to know these things. How many of you say this? My marriage would be a lot better if I just applied some of these things. Don't nudge your husband. It would be. Because you know what God wants? God wants us to enjoy what he says. Abundant life. The enemies come to rob, kill, and destroy. But the Bible says that God has come to give life. And to give it more abundantly. And what that means is God says this. What that word means, I insist... Strongly, this is what that word means when you begin to re- read it and study it. I insist strongly that you enjoy the life that I've always had planned for you. Isn't that awesome? God has a plan for you to prosper, not for you to just be making it all the time. He's going, pastor. Just start. Just start. My grandmother, when I was living, when I was a missionary, you know what she did? My grandfather had a certain budget he would give her. He'd be like, Yeah. And she would take whatever he gave her and she would save it and she would send some to me, her grocery money. I didn't know that two years later to support her favorite grandson. I was. And I still am, even though she's in heaven, you know. They all know. Anyway, she raised me till I was five. And she used to write on the, on the, on the dollar bills. Because one time, somebody, one of the got, stolen, So she'd get a red pen. She goes, in the blood of Jesus, this is for my grandson. You know, she'd write, the blood of Jesus covers this. And she'd write it on the bill where the thing is, the blood of Jesus covers this bill. So I, I spent that with fear and trepidation. <laughs> the blood of Jesus. Guys, it's just practical. Let's just pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everyone here. Lord, we know that all of us in this room, we've made mistakes. We've done things we said we wouldn't do. Sometimes we walked in circles with finances. And I think about even this community. The vast resources of this community and our state. And how it's been squandered. Lord, help us be people that have become good stewards of what you've given us. Help us to begin to make a plan. Help us to begin to have self-control. Those are, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, self-control. Let us begin to live that way in our hearts. Maybe you're here today. No one looking around and you say, Pastor Baba, I don't know the Lord, but I know that I need to give my trust to Him 100%. And today, I want to give my life to Jesus. Would you pray for me, Pastor Baba? If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand real quick. I'm going to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you raise it, put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. I saw that. Thank you. Okay. Seven or eight. We had about a dozen this morning. Let's just pray. Can we all pray this prayer together? Say, Lord Jesus, today, I trust you with all my heart. Thank you for dying for me. Today, I want to die to myself. And I want to give my heart completely to you. To trust you for the rest of my life. To love you and to live for you. Let me begin that journey today. Help me to be what you want me to be. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, Pastor Josh.